Well, good morning, Ascent friends and family. Listen, if you're listening to me right now, you are snuggled up at home, drinking hot chocolate, probably about to binge watch TV. Don't binge watch just yet. Make sure you still tune in here because of all the snow craziness that's happening. What I love about this right now, though, is that we're still able to move forward that it last year has taught us so many different things that we can pivot and still have an amazing digital church service and have excellent quality at the same time. But in I love so much is that God still has ability to speak through this uh, forum and everything else. And so today, that's what my task is here for. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Maurice. I am one of the pastors here on staff. I thoroughly enjoy teaching and preaching, but I also get to work with the college and young adult demographics. Shout out to you if you're watching from your dorms and from your houses. Today, we're continuing in a series. I gotta get moving into what we're talking about today because the series that we've been in has been so impactful. If you haven't been tuning in, I encourage you to go watch the other ones because we continue to build on each other. This series that we've been in called Where Do We Go From Here has been circled around this guy named Paul. And we've been following his journeys because he's a follower of Jesus. And the cities that he's going to, he's carrying a specific message to these cities. And he's living in these cities and then he's writing to those same cities. And today, the way that I want to get started around this idea that we're talking about today is this story of a blooper. I love bloopers. And all this blooper story is going to be around is the topic, your voice matters. That's right. If you don't carry anything else away from this, the topic from today's sermon is your voice matters. Bloopers. I love bloopers because I get a chance to see the insight of not just the polished version, right? Not just the Oscar award-winning version of people, but I get to see actually what takes place sometimes, right? People forget their lines. We're talking about the big wigs. We're talking about, you know, this Meryl Streep, the Denzel Washington, the, the Aquafina, Nora Lum, that's uh, actresses that are amazing actors and actresses. And we get to see them in a real light where they forget their line or they bump something over and it falls over and it throws off the scene. I love the one specifically when they got to have a stale face and it's a comedic scene that's taking place and they break face and they start laughing, right? Those bloopers are real life. And real life, I don't know about you, but real life and real bloopers happen for me. It happen for me all the time. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story in this moment. I asked Aisha if I could tell this story and that's how you know it's going to be a juicy one. So stay tuned. She said, I'm going to give you the okay. We're all good. But this story in particular was definitely a stupid husband moment blooper. That's gonna be the name of it, all right? Stupid husband moment blooper. Not too long ago, it was, it was actually, excuse me, some time ago, we were, I got the text message from Aisha and she just sent me, simply sent a text, simply stating, I'm three days late. I'm like, uh oh, okay, here we go. Three days late, that's a text. I've got the text before though, okay? So it's not like I'm startled in this moment. It's like, all right, she's just kind of giving me a heads up, a little awareness because, you know, we've been late before and it's like, oh, it's still negative, it's nothing, okay? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about baby, pregnancy, all those things. So I'm sending, get this text, I'm like, three days late, okay? So she's like, yeah, just giving you a heads up. We're not gonna be in a rush right now because we've gone down this road, always come out negative, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. We're gonna wait a little bit longer, all right? Six days comes around, nothing, nothing. Nothing, get the text message, hey, nothing. Six days late, we're six days late. I'm like, all right. She's like, all right, we hit a little, we hit a, we hit a milestone. This is more than the usual. 
but I'm still not gonna take a test because we've been through this, we've gone through this. I actually wanna be really, really sure. So we're gonna wait a little bit longer. 11 days late, people, 11 days late. I'm getting a little nervous now. She's sitting there like, all right, we're gonna do this, okay? And we're not gonna go to the Dollar Tree to get the, the pregnancy test. We're gonna get the real one this time. We're gonna get the, we'll spend a little bit more bucks, get the real version here. We're gonna get two of them, all right? We go to King Super, we get two of them. 11 days late, we're sitting back, all right, we gotta do this. We take the test. We're sitting in that moment, we're sitting back, we're kind of like, all right, we you know, do the whole thing, we put the cap on. Fellas, a little quick advice, put the cap on. Make sure you put the cap on. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Put the cap on, we set it on the counter, we're sitting there, three minutes and counting, all right? Two minutes, we're pacing back and forth. I'm like, all right, this could be it, is this it? I don't know, what's happening? One minute comes down, we take a deep breath, we're like, okay, say a little prayer, all right? Let's gather ourselves, <sighs> little prayer, Lord, this is in your hands. You got this. We're like, that's right. Lord, you got this. We fist bump each other. Boom. All right. We take a deep breath. We take the test. We turn it over. Negative. Two negatives. Two negatives. Two negatives in that moment. A little bit of a gasp. Like, wow. It's, you know, I'm thinking in our, we're thinking in our heads, you know, call the doctor. But here's the thing. First words in that moment. Deep gasp. Knowing this is a tough one. First words in that moment out of my mouth, geez, your body's all out of whack. I know, wait, I know, don't, wait, don't, 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 don't mess me up, I'm sorry. Don't, I know you're throwing stuff at the TV right now, you're gonna try to cancel me, you're throwing stuff at me. I know, I, listen, insensitive, not thoughtful, rude. Something that is so, like, you idiot, like just, dummy, right? I get it. I know. I know. Stupid husband alert. And I just blurt that out in that moment. And we have a moment where we just kind of part ways. Tension is a little bit high. I can feel it. No words were said. I go to the room and in that moment I sit there. And this is where I felt the Holy Spirit's conviction speaking to me. The simple words, your voice matters. Your words have impact. Let me take it a step further. It's actually in moments where I believe in chaos and in turmoil and in storm-like moments where high stress level is there that our words actually carry even more weight. Have you been there before? Stupid husband moment. Maybe you've had a, a stupid mom moment, stupid uh, uh, student moment, stupid employee moment. You had a, a stupid whatever moment, right? Just life moment, stupid humanity moment where you said something and those words impacted someone else. I think we've all been to a place in our lives where we recognize our voice matters. And today, that's where we find ourselves with this guy named Paul. It's a little bit of the opposite, though, because his story is one where he actually remained silent. But isn't that almost just as hurtful, if not even more? Where our words matter so much and they're so impactful so much that when we take moments to actually opt out and say nothing, when we take moments to opt out and we actually sit on the sideline, when we don't intervene, when we don't say something, when we don't stand up, it actually is hurtful when, when people are looking for us and we actually stand by the sides and say nothing. This is Paul. And God's looking for his voice in this moment. 
and he is longing to stay silent. And God knows this. He's actually, Jesus, uh, uh, Paul in this moment is actually afraid and silent. And Jesus intervenes because he recognized that Paul needs some encouragement. Paul is in a city, if I can give a little bit of context, a city called Corinth. Corinth would be like a modern day Las Vegas. And I mean, in every respect from the fun, but also from the crazy evilness that takes place. It's a place where lots of population, lots of different ethnicities, lots of trade and commerce. People start businesses here. People go and have vacation here. People have livelihoods here. It's also a place where they're well known for a temple of Aphrodite. And in this temple where they have temple worship, their temple worship is actually sexual acts with one another. And Corinth is known for the temple of Aphrodite. It's the Las Vegas of that day. So many different things take place here. And Paul, on his different journeys, today in the scripture that we're going to read, he's in this city. And the city, if you can imagine, does not like what Paul is bringing. The city does not approve of the message that Paul is speaking in this moment. And Paul, as much as we see him in these moments where he's bold and he's confident and he's speaking out and you're looking like, man, Paul is saying a lot of great things in this moment. If you look at scripture, he's one that actually has a lot of bold moments. But if you look at some of the nuances, Paul is like many of us, where we're confident and afraid. He's like many of us where there's a sense of boldness, there's a sense of courage, and yet we want to stay silent. There's a sense of timidity, and there's also a sense of poking our chest out and knowing that we got this. Paul is in this moment of in-between because he's wrestling with the repercussions. Paul may be one who has a reputation in this place because he is a business owner and all of these different things, and yet... Jesus enters in this moment to recognize, to, to encourage Paul and let him know that his voice matters. Let's read the scripture. We find ourselves in Acts chapter 18, verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. His words right here, listen to this, do not be afraid. Why would he say don't be afraid? I'm assuming that Jesus knows something that we don't know. He's alluding to right now, Paul is either afraid or about to be afraid. And he lets him know, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Why does he say this? Because he's letting us know Paul is about to experience a moment where he wants to cower, where he wants to retreat. But his voice matters. And Jesus encourages him in this. And he says, for I am with you, Jesus' presence, I'm with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. Jesus has many people in the city. Jesus' plan is still involved. Jesus' plan is still on the move. He just needs your voice. He says this and he says, so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Jesus, in this moment, is recognizing and letting him know Hey, your voice means something. Your voice matters. I'm going to need you to keep on speaking. I'm going to need you to speak even in the, in the moments where it seems unlikely. In the moments where there's chaos, in the moments where you're feeling pressure. What does that mean for us today? Maybe we're not in a place like Paul was where we're getting all these sorts of persecution, right? 
But where does our voice matter in the people's lives that are around us? How does our voice matter when it comes to speaking what God desires for us to speak? Like we had to really take emphasis here. Let me just take a little side note, park for a moment to say that we serve a God that speaks. We serve a creator. We serve a person who desires relationship with us and he longs for communication. He speaks to us. The question becomes, are we listening? Paul could have missed his moment of encouragement if he wasn't listening. See, sometimes we have our ears tuned into everything else except for the one that's trying to encourage us, except for the one that's trying to embrace us, except for the one who's longing to be with us. He says, I am with you. He's with you today. But do we have the awareness to see that God's presence is with us? Do we have the awareness to know that he's speaking to us? You are in a moment right now where you just miss, may miss your encouragement. Maybe for years you've been missing out on the person who's longing to cheer you on. The person who's longing to let you know that he's enough because you've been chasing everything else, recognizing there's no fulfillment in that. You've been chasing and pushing forward for ambition and pushing your plan forward. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here. I'm enough. And your voice matters. Let, let's, let, let me switch it just for a little bit as we're on this topic for a moment. Our voice matters, but whose voices are we putting weight on? Whose voices are we giving value to? Because if we don't put value on God's voice, we'll miss it every single time. If we don't put value on God's presence, we'll miss it every single time. If we don't prioritize and lean into moments where I got to break away from the hustle and bustle of life to get away in my word, to read the scripture, I got to break away to have moments of silence and solitude to just rest in who God is. I have to break away to actually get into the broken rhythm so that I can get into my Bible, that I can get into community and small group, that I can hear God's voice with other believers. Are we placing value on God's voice? Because not only does our voice matter, but I firmly believe that his voice matters. But his words that he speaks to Paul in this moment lets us know that he's encouraging Paul, that he's spurring Paul forward because Paul has a story. Paul has something to say and God wants to bring that out. God wants to birth that out. Even in the unlikely circumstances, he lets us know not only do I need you to stand firm, but I need you to speak. The scripture says in verse 11 that Paul remained there another year and a half. He stayed there another year. Imagine if he aborted the mission because of the circumstances, because he didn't like it, because he moved to a new city and recognized, I don't know if I like this. It's not exactly what I want. It's not the exact amount of money that I want, but God had a plan for him. What if he moved and aborted the purpose where he switched jobs and he should have stayed in the job that he was at? What if he moved out of the relationship and God was calling him to stay in relationship? Where are you at where God's calling you to remain somewhere, but you want to get a little bit itchy? You want to get a little bit movement because it's not coming to fruition. It's not happening on your timeline. Where are you at in that relationship, in that job, in that business, in that degree, in that next child? Where are you at where God is asking you to remain, but you're getting a little bit nervous. You're getting a little bit more antsy. That is a moment where God is saying this plan for this city, this plan for this community is going to happen through you. And it's because of your message, it's because of your story that I need written. And his words is don't be silent, 
keep on speaking. As I thought about today's message, I thought about a person in particular that I've had the amazing opportunity to meet over this past year. This woman named Carly is an amazing, I mean, a go-getter. She's one that I've had a mover and shaker. I mean, when you meet someone who's like, you're actually going to change the world. You're actually impacting lives in, in a great way. And this is a college student who's such a great influencer, president of one of the sororities on campus, but knows that she has a story and a message. And that's what I want you to listen to just in these next few moments, and I'll be back. I am Carly Callen. I am 19. I am a sophomore at CU Boulder studying integrative physiology. I was born and raised in Cary, North Carolina um, with a family of three. So I am one of three siblings and my parents. And I love to just hang out with people, get to know them, try something new, spontaneous every once in a while. I do lead a lot of um, spiritual places, so both in my sorority, both in crew, both with um, sixth graders at Altitude here at Ascent and with Collective and the Prayer Team team, but um, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I very much came to faith on my own my senior year of high school. Um, I knew some people in my life that were Christian and that were involved, and so I asked them on Passover Sunday of 2019 if I could go with them. And I went to a summer camp my summer after my senior year of high school, and it was just me, Jesus, in the woods, no cellular service, nothing like that, just me getting to know Him and His Spirit, and that's where I became a believer. My first time telling my story was actually at the camp where I found my faith, which I might be working at this summer as a camp counselor. Um, but I had a pastor come up to me in the line going into food, and he was like, hey, what's your story? And I go, what do you mean, what is my story? He goes, why are you here? Why are you at a Christian camp? And I kind of go into, of a lot of people presumed I was Christian by the way I acted, of I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I dress a certain way, of I'm not gonna go out and party hardy all the time, like that's just not me. And um, I've always been a very happy person. I remember uh, we had this list of things that people were their favorite thing about you. And they said, she's always so happy. And that was before I was Christian. And so a lot of people had presumed that I was, which is totally fine. But now that I think I am and I went into, I felt a lot of conviction from the Holy Spirit. Now that I know what the Holy Spirit is and who he is, I think that a lot of my story has come by people thinking it is who I am and where I've come from, but actually living that out and in my daily life of why I'm happy, why I have this hope and why I have this faith is because of the Holy Spirit. I think the power of someone's voice and their story holds a lot of weight because a lot of someone's story is unknown when you first start looking at someone. So if I say so to someone that I was born in Cary, North Carolina, a lot of people, since it's in the South, they presume that I grew up in the church, that I was Southern Baptist. Um, that's not at all the case in mine. story, um, and it may be for so many other people People, but I think the power of showing my faith externally, whether it be through talking on social media or leading in the church or say, hey, come with me to Ascent this weekend or coming to a collective night, whatever it may be. I think having those um, spiritual conversations, like one piece I like to talk about is I have a ring that has God is greater than the highs and the lows. And it's just the symbols. And so having a piece that I can wear, like my cross necklace, things like that, that can spark a conversation that I can share a bit of my story, but also listening to another person, getting to know their story, to know how I can best serve and love them. I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from my walk with Jesus over the past year and a half and seeing and hearing other people's stories is if you can speak into them, if you can love them well, if you can serve them well by knowing their story, that's going to make a way bigger impact than assuming what they need in their life, if assuming their love language, assuming how they best need to be served. Why don't you just ask? 
Why don't you learn how they grew up, learn how they serve, and learn how they best would like to be served. And um, in that way, you can better understand them and just take a step back and realize, wow, I have a lot of things in common with these people and grow together in that and live life together. I think one piece of advice or one encouragement that I could have for someone who hasn't yet shared their faith or isn't as comfortable sharing it with the people around them would be find someone you trust, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and place that little nugget, that little seed of have a blessed day, how can I pray for you, how can I support you in this time. Having those one-on-one -on -one conversations is a way of evangelism and that in and of itself is so powerful and that's what we're called to do. You don't need to have this big sermon for 3,000 people out here. Having a one-on-one -on -one conversation and just opening up your story such that you can receive and hear other people's as well is I think really, really powerful in and of itself. What I love so much about Carly's story is that one that she continues to speak. All throughout her story, it's just been one that's been, you know, these different turns and all these different, you know, things that's taken place. But it's also one that she continues to speak. And what I gained from that is actually the continuation of Paul's journey. Because Paul decided to continue to speak because it was all a part of Jesus's plan that his words were going to matter someday. His words were going to mean something even though he faced all sorts of persecution. Paul writes back to the church of Corinth and that's the scripture that I'm going to read. I'm going to fast forward a few years after. We just read uh, uh, 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, we just read the book of Acts. And then I'm going to read 2 Corinthians, which happens a few years later. And Paul's not in Corinth when he writes 2 Corinthians. Paul's actually writing to the church of Corinth. So he's no longer there anymore. But he, Paul knows it. Paul has lived it. Paul has been in this experience. Paul has walked in those same streets. He has faced the same temptations. He has gone through the same circumstances, all that the church is facing in that moment. And Paul's words to the church matters because he's been in that season. What am I trying to get at here? That the things that we face in life are often not always because of us or for us or a message to us or something that we got to get out of it. Sometimes, the things that we face in life are for those that are around us. Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. This is to the church of Corinth. You got to hear these words. He says, at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection of life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Paul knows the church needs some encouragement. The church is facing the same things that I was facing when I was in Corinth. But yet, I got to keep speaking. I got to keep pressing forward because the things that I faced in life are not always for me. Sometimes they're for my neighbor. I wrote down something that I heard from a theologian one time, and he says, the life that we have lived will define the love that we give. The life that we have lived will define the love that we give. I'm going to say it one more time. Don't miss it. The life that we have lived will define the love that we give. This reminds me of a story of my own life. 
I have a few uh, family members, and one of my family members had at some time uh, uh, some, some problems, some issues with her pregnancy years ago. Years, years, years ago. I remember I was a little boy when this was taking place. And it happened where she birthed her baby, and a few months later, baby passed away. This not only happened once, this happened twice to a family member of mine. In those moments, and I'm only probably 13 right now in this moment, we're seeing this take place, and my auntie being able to take on all that this carries, all that this, I, I can't even imagine, the words can't even be articulated in this moment of what I even assume that season of storm and chaos is like. And she didn't know why, and she's a person of a faith, a person of faith, and she, she's just moving forward, and, and she went through a tough time in that season. Two, not one, but two. Fast forward a few years later, my very own sister. I'm about 19 at this time, maybe 18. And my very own sister, my older sister, who I grow with, my flesh and blood, who I love, who I see all the time, who I'm with all the time. I enjoy her presence. I'm with her and she gets pregnant. And the doctor comes not too long in that pregnancy and begins to tell her that this baby's probably not gonna live. It's probably not gonna, do you wanna, you know, this is not gonna take place. It's, it's, it's a, I forget the exact name. I think it's a chromosome issue, something that was happening. My sister had to birth that baby and we were overfilled with joy that this baby was birthed, alive, well, and in that moment, we begin to thank God and praise God. And also, a few months later, her baby passes. I, I don't want to get deep and I don't want to get all like in a sorrowful moment. What I want to come to this moment with is recognizing it was in that moment that the moment my aunt decided to pick up the phone and call my sister and let her know I faced what I face so that I can walk with you right now with what you're facing. I face what I face so that I can stand with you in this moment because baby, I've been there. Niece, I've gone through this. Niece, I understand what you're facing. Let's go through this because there's going to be moments where you're crying on that pillow. I'm here for you. I recognize the pain that you may be facing. And I don't know all that happened in my life and why it happened. And I went through two of those. But one thing that I do know is that I faced it. I lived that because I was here so that I can be here. And my words could carry weight with you because no one's words could carry even more weight in that moment for my sister than a person who's lived it, experienced it, gone through it. What am I getting at here? Our stories are being written and going through different things. Paul's talking about the trials that he's faced, but he's writing back to the church of Corinth to encourage them because the life that he lived, him getting beat up, him facing his business being shut down, him facing his reputation being scattered, uh, 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 tarnished and all these different things was not just for Paul. It was so that one day he could write to the church in Corinth to let them know we are, we, we, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're crushed at times, but we do not do this without quitting. We, we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We're knocked down, but we're not out. He's lived it so that he could let us know those words. And his words matter. His voice carries weight. But what if he decided to stop speaking? 
What if he decided to be dismissive with his words and not write back to the church of Corinth? What if he decided to be a little bit more selfish and be silent? What if there was no 2 Corinthians? Well, where would the church be? Where would God's plan be right now if you were silent? What does that mean for us? What, is, what does that look like in the life that we live? Because the life that we have lived will define the love that we give. And the, because of this, because this carries weight, because this matters, I believe God is asking all of us to recognize our voice. Not only recognize his voice, but also recognize the power of our voice. So a saint, I ask you on today, who needs your voice? Who needs your words in this moment? How, how much have we been so caught up in our own lives, in, in our own direction, doing our own thing, worrying about our own family, caring for our own, that we've missed out on the people that's around us? How much have we gone through life not picking up that phone? Then they're not going through that contact list that you have hundreds of people on that contact list that you've never talked to ever since you put it in there. How long have we actually missed out on carrying or, or speaking life, speaking truth to those that are around us? Who needs your voice in this season? Who, who needs that handwritten card? Like, like, what if we got out of just the things that we do on our daily basis where we just focus on ourselves? And trust me, Maurice is preaching to himself right now as he's preaching to you. What voice, what, what person needs that encouragement? What, what, what coworker needs that encouragement? Now, now, not just as we as people are encouraging those around us, but recognizing, hey, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you and I love you too. Like, let us never forget that we are loving because of the love that we have received from God. And what happens if we err on the side of generosity and take a step out of the, the, the comfort zone of our lives to just let someone know, hey, I've been praying for you. Hey, what if we had a moment like Paul where, hey, Jesus nudged me just a little bit. Maybe that sounds a little weird. Maybe Jesus spoke to me. And in his words, he just wanted me to let you know, keep going. I know it's been tough, but I want to give you this meal. I wanted to cook for you. I wanted to, to, to bring you this gift. I just want to do something, a small token of generosity outside of my comfort zone, in my budget to speak to someone else, to love on someone else, to say something to someone else because my words matter. How are we living today? How are we speaking today where people are taking notice that we live lives differently, that we are countercultural to today's time and society? As we come to a close of this message, I just wanted to put it out there. This is one, as I begin to prepare this message, that I just begin to sense God pressing on me. Husbands, your wife needs your voice. And I don't say that in a way that wives don't need your, uh, or uh, uh, um, husbands, you don't need your wife's voice, but I'm just speaking from a husband's perspective to simply say, they need your voice. And don't have the stupid husband moment like I did. I know that you will at some point. We all go through that. But where are you missing out in your marriage? 
when it comes to your voice. When it comes to being emotionally intact where I can actually step outside and say a little bit something more. I, 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 can, I can go a little bit further in just the norm. I, I don't have to have this macho exterior. I don't have to be one that's not in tune with my emotions. I can actually be a little bit more emotionally available and say something to my wife that's out of the norm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what those words are. I don't know how far that goes, but I know that there's something special within a union. And I'm only speaking from the husband perspective. I know that it goes both ways. You don't have to tell me that. I'm simply speaking as one who recognizes that there's moments and seasons I don't say anything. There's moments and seasons where I believe there's something that's in her that's longing for me to speak. Don't miss out on that, husbands. Be ones that's encouraging. Assent. Today, all it boils down to is that our voice matters. And what Paul teaches us, that he goes to Corinth and he stays there a year longer because he hears God's voice, because we serve a God that speaks to us. And because of his obedience, yes, he faced trials. Yes, he faced storms. Yes, he faced persecution. But yet, years later, he writes back to that same church to encourage them and to let them know God's got us. God's never left us. God loves us. God loves your neighbor. And this world needs God's message. And you are here planted for such a time as this. This matters and my voice matters. So I'm going to write to you, not only so that I can write to you, so that you can catch on to recognize not only does Paul's voice matter, but so does yours. It carries weight and it holds something and God needs it. And in this moment, I just want to lean on God to just ask him to just be with us as we take steps to use our voice. Let us pray. Jesus, in this moment, in these still small moments, we recognize, we take a moment to stop and to pause. We take a moment to hear from you just as Paul did. We just want to open up our hearts and our minds right now to say, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. Speak in this moment. We can't do it on our own. There's so much that comes with it. There's a lot of things where we want to shrink back and we face so many things in life where we don't want to speak and where we're a little bit more uh, 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 just unavailable and we don't open up ourselves to others and we, we, we want to err on being politically right and all these different things. Lord, help us in this moment to know our voice matters and our voice carries weight. For Lord, you have called us to speak. And if we don't speak, who will? Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.